Before we start this episode, I thought I'd tell you that I've got a new book out. Yes, another one. This one is to help coaches supercharge their coaching capability through reflective journaling. Coaching Journal, a guide and journal, walks you through the process by, well, providing you with a guide and some structured reflective models. So pop over to Amazon and get this quick, practical and insightful book today to start your journey towards a more successful professional practice. What would you put in your backpack if you had a new coaching engagement but could only take a limited number of items? Each week, The Coach's Backpack looks at the multifaceted world of coaching and asks a new guest to tell us what they would take with them and why. Hi, I'm David Lowe, and this week we're taking a peek inside the backpack of Joe Jones from Barefoot. Welcome, Joe. Hello. So first, Joe, before we get into the scenario, can you describe what you do in under 20 words? Short answer, no, because um, as you know, Dave, um, I like to talk and limiting me to 20 words is near impossible. But I guess I would, I'll try and limit it. Limit it to under 200 words, see how we go. Let's see, okay. Well, my official title here at Barefoot is I'm in-house coach and tutor. But I have my areas of special sort of specialisms and that is family life coaching, which is what I'm here to talk to you today about which focuses around supporting parents or anyone involved in children, whether that's mums, dads, nans, granddads, aunts, uncles, teachers. Because I don't know about you, and I know you're a parent. I'm st- I am too, but, and I'm still waiting for that blooming manual to come through the door, right? So I support families to give them some you know, coaching tools to, to bring some, hopefully bring some balance to their family life. But I'm also, in terms of barefoot, I also lead on all things women's development and all things confidence and self-esteem. That is not under 20 words. I'm not even sure if it's under 200. No, I got the parenting manual. It came through, but it was in Mandarin. Ah. And so I I can't read it. So it's no use. Google Translate this manual. And I I could just blame Google Translate for all of my parenting mistakes. (laughs) Okay, so here is the scenario, Joe. You've been asked to coach a new client, but are limited to what you can take with you. So don't worry, you've got your essentials, you've got your clothes, your toothbrush, the earplugs to blot out all of the kids. Um, But in addition to those, you can take one book, a tool, technique, concept, method, approach, etc. One other item of choice and a person who is from the past or the present to accompany you. What are you taking with you and why? Oh, this is great, isn't it? I'm going to start with books since it's first on the list. Again, I couldn't limit it to one, so I've had to go to two. And the first one is called People Making by Virginia Satir. Virginia Satir's work in sort of family therapy still stands up to the test of time, in my opinion. And for anyone interested in her work, her book People Making is so beautifully written and so simple and and, and such the, the language she uses is so on point still, and I highly recommend it. She talks about different traits that could be recognisable within families that might be um, under stress, perhaps. And then that could be like the blamer um, or the fixator. Or, but the point she wants to get to is that, you know, congruent communication is going to be the key. Or, I guess, a... Um, inverted commas happy family but another thing that she often says and I think this is really beautiful and I I use this a lot with my work 
I hear this a lot because people say, oh, but it's been like this for years. Things will never change in my family. It will never change. And actually, according to Virginia Satir, she writes that actually anything is changeable at any point and at any time. And I think that's a really nice thing for parents to have in their back pocket, actually. So yeah, shout out to all parents if they're struggling, especially with homeschooling or what was homeschooling or the aftermath of COVID and the pandemic and being sort of caged in at home and it can change with the slightest little bit of intervention actually. So yeah, that's my first book, People Making by Virginia Satir. My second book is The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read by Philippa Perry. Incidentally, this book, is on Audible as well and it's she she reads it as well and she's really witty um so if, if anyone wants to you know plug in to zone out from their kids or family and want to listen and go on a walk I really recommend this on audio as well and again um it's it's very frank it's very to the point and Philippa Perry writes very candidly about some key points and I guess for me the key point that I drew on, and that is around feelings and the importance of she coins, it's sort of containing feelings. What does she mean by that? Well, in my opinion, she means, you know, honouring feelings. And as an example, I share, I think as a parent, no, no one really likes to see their kid upset or, or maybe angry or maybe in a bad temper or in a bad mood. We can have a tendency, can't we, to kind of mask that or, yeah, sort of play down that. And so I have this example. After reading this book, I think you know this story, actually, Dave. But after reading this book, my son at the time was having nightmares. He was like four. And, and every night I'd go in and he'd be like, oh, mommy, I've had a bad dream. And there was monsters. And I'd be like, oh, there's no such thing as monsters. Don't be silly. No, it's all good, man. It's all good no, 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 nothing to worry about. And actually, in terms of Philippa Perry's approach, she's like, no, honour that. So I tried it. And the next time he had um, a nightmare, rather than sort of saying, no, 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 don't be silly, I said, okay, tell me about it. That must have been scary. Were you scared? He's like, yeah, I was. Do you want to tell me about it? Yeah. And do you know what? He did. And he owned his feelings. And it was really quite a... <laughs> moment actually because oh my god am I because you you kind of go to this place don't you where like am I gonna am I encouraging this am I is he gonna be more scared if I if I call it out but you're not because guess what he felt not just listened to but he felt heard and that was really important was it the magic light bulb switch that turned the the, the nightmares off no but guess what he felt heard and he then kept, oh, you know, I was a bit scared. Not as scared as last time, but I was a bit scared. And he felt okay to talk about that. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of my key finding from that book. And I really highly recommend it if, um, to all of your listeners. Thank you for those great choices. Uh, let's see how you're going to um, bend the rules for the rest of the items. What's next? <laughs> oh, I know. I like to bend rules. Don't I? So, look, um, in terms of a coaching sort of technique tool, right, and when it comes to children, I've already mentioned a few things around things are changeable, nodding to Virginia Satir and that honouring and validating or, or in terms of Philippa Perry's work containing feelings. But there's something I want to draw on, actually, 
that is really useful when working with children or, or wanting to sort of understand children a little bit more. What I would like to share is that thinking about when you're praising your children and what you're praising your children for, or on the flip side of that, what you're kind of telling your children off for, okay? So let me go into this in a little bit more detail. So there is a ratio that I think is really useful to share, and that is a praise to criticism ratio of five to one. So every time you're criticizing, you should really be praising for five, so five to one, getting praise to criticism. And that's kind of a nod from Nancy Klein's work as well. Incidentally, that's another great book, Time to Think. See, I'm bending the rules again. No, 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 come on. <laughs> Enough with the books. Yeah, I'll shut my noise. So look, let's go back to this praise piece and, and criticism piece. This is something that I think is really useful. Praise for doing and praise for being. So sometimes people say, oh, you're such a good boy. What does that mean? What does that really mean? Good, good, what, good how? So what I share with your listeners is this, you know, notice a behavior, right? So if like, for example, my boy today is getting himself dressed every day, like from scratch. Now this is a big thing because usually it's like, you know, we're late for school. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. But no, 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 I'm, we're doing it. Close out and I am not getting involved. He has to get dressed from scratch. And so I'm praising that. I'm not, I'm just, oh, you're such a good boy for doing that, Isaac. No, oh, wow, I'm so proud of you for getting dressed from scratch. Really, really fine tune it, really distill what it is you're, you're praising them for. And then when Isaac's being, like, inverted commas, good, and we've just got a new kitten, by the way, it's very exciting in the house. Um, so when I see him being kind or compassionate, or considerate about the kitten and like feeding her or stroking her or being particularly tender. I'll praise that specific. Oh, I noticed you were really considerate then, Isaac. Well done. That was really nice to see. So my advice really, or what I share rather than advice, is to praise your children when they're, and separate them. So praise for doing and praise for being rather than sort of bundling it. Oh, that was good. That was good behavior. Really sort of separate it out. And incidentally, Okay, listen, we all have to criticise, right? Let's just be really honest about this. When you're criticising your, your kid or you need to sort of tell them off or something or just challenge a behaviour, rather than that was really naughty or you're naughty, note the behaviour was naughty rather than them. So, you know, again, I'm using my, my kid here as, as an example. Uh, we've, he had a bit of a strop the other day as I said no to YouTube. Yes, that struggle is real, isn't it? Um, you know, he, th he threw something on the floor. And rather than saying, oh, that was, you know, that you're naughty. So Isaac, that, that behavior isn't acceptable. And I think that's really useful actually, because again, you're focusing on a behavior rather than their whole being, right? This is really, really gold dust information. And it goes a little bit further too. You need to consider that children learn you, right? There's the bombshell, there's the mic drop. So regardless of what you try and teach them or what you tell them to do, the way children learn, the way that is by watching and being in your presence. So if you consider this praise to criticism ratio, 
consider how you're talking to yourself. So, you know, I'm like, oh, you know what? I was, I, had, I was really, I had a really proud moment at work today, Isa. I was really proud of myself because, or when I, you know, look in the mirror, you know, I think I look good today. What do you think, Isaac? You know, and they'll pick this up. I share this with you in, in all seriousness. I was working with a, an adult client and um, she said she, when I talked to her about this, this principle, and it's called osmosis, children learn by osmosis. She's like, oh, she'd got low self-esteem and she'd been staring at herself in the mirror for probably years doing that thing. Like, oh, my hair doesn't look good. I look fat, pinching her skin, you know? And her little girl used to see this, witness this behaviour. A little girl was seven, I think. The, the mom saw the seven-year-old copying her mom in the mirror, saying, I look fat. Yeah, that's, it's hard to hear, isn't it? And it's hard, but th that's how they learn. So if you want to consider having an influence of your children, consider that, that they learn you. So praise yourself. Practice talking to yourself like your best mate in front of your children. Practice celebrating your own successes, practice blowing your own trumpet, and incidentally, practice apologising too. We don't get it right all the time. Listen, I teach this stuff and still I need to apologise to my son for a behaviour that I've done. And that's all, look, I'm owning that. But if I've done something that I'm like, you know, if I've shouted maybe, or I'll go down, I'll say to my son, hey, can I have a word? Go down to, on my knees, get down to his level and say, do you know what? His behaviour was naughty then and I want to apologise. And again, like, I think that's really important because what am I doing? I'm role modelling that, yeah, no one's blooming perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. But what I am doing is owning it and I'm role modelling that, yeah, okay, I can sometimes get it wrong, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say sorry for that, for my behaviour. The first thing when you were talking about the praising the the action as well is the the one that sprung to mind and immediately was you've tried really hard well done for yeah. trying really hard that rather than well done for getting nine out of ten on your spelling because yeah. they're not always going to get nine out of ten or ten out of ten right and so the result we don't want to be results driven we want to be effort driven uh, it reminds me of uh, andrea duckworth's grit i don't know if you've come across that book which is a shows that some people are maybe those who are naturally gifted at stuff walk through school and it's easy and then there's those like me, who have to try hard and actually dig in to, to get the results. People who have to try hard deal with failure and the knocks, the bumps in the roads a lot better than mm -hmm. people who drift through life easily. Because when they have a bump in the road, they fall to pieces because they're not used to the failure. Right? This is another book. I'm going to have to edit this out. We can't have, we've got four books now, right? I'm sneaking one in your backpack. <laughs> what about when you've got a challenge? Like you're scared about something or you're mm. feeling the pressure or whatever because kids go to school nervous about stuff, right? It's only natural as well as excited and as well as all of the other emotions and actually kind of saying, well, you know what? I've got this, I've got this thing today and I'm really nervous about it and kind of acknowledging that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And again, this falls into role modelling. In fact, this, I'm going to, today is a live example because I'm doing this with you. What are you doing today, Isaac? Hmm, you know, and he was telling me what sort of what sort of lessons he has today. I said, well, guess what I'm doing? And actually, I'm a little bit nervous. What are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to speak to my friend, but it's going to be recorded. Ooh. I said, yeah, and do you know what? That makes my hands go a little bit clammy. Does it? I said, yeah, it does. So, yeah, absolutely. Role modelling that all emotion 
is all right. It's normal. And normalizing that is a really powerful thing that you can do with your kids. Yeah. Love that, Dave. I'm aware of time. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got your special item and your person. Well, my specialism item is, is something I can play music from, end of. Because from my point of view, or for any parent's point of view, that is my escape. When I need time out, <laughs> I go upstairs or ever, close the door, put my tunes on and yeah, sing, rap, dance, and all, all is well. Equally, I use music as well with Isaac. So when thing when in motion or when things are a little bit gnarly or a little bit tense, right, let's put some tunes on and let's have a disco. Let's have a rock out. So that would be my thing. So it suits kids and it also suits parents too. Yeah. So music and the back catalogue, please, of, of all my tunes. OK. And who's coming with you then? OK. Um, I'm sorry this is going a little bit off kilt. It just has to be my favourite human. Uh, and that's Julie Waters. Because um, we, uh, if we're going to be out and about, and if I need some time out from working with clients, I just want to laugh. And she's a brummy as well. So that'll make me feel good. So yeah, it'll be Julie Waters and we can talk uh, all things Victoria Wood sketches together. I was only talking about her this morning with someone else. Her song with uh, about the Woman's Weekly. Well, I can't even remember yes. what it's called. Spank what me on called? the bottom with my Woman's Weekly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, Google it. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, look, this is your backpack packed and Julie Walters is coming along with you. Now, there's a few other things I just want to check with you. So sometimes we don't pack all of our things ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so someone might have snuck something into that backpack that you don't want there. What would be the one thing you want to make sure is not in your backpack? Do you know what? Anything banana flavoured, just hate it. I hate the smell of it. Everything, all about all of that. So any sort of fake banana flavoured sweets, milkshake, yoghurt, all that no I love a banana milkshake I didn't know that there was such a hatred going on there Joe yeah but I really like bananas you know just not fake stuff oh okay so you would have a banana milkshake with real banana in it mm, yeah if I made it myself at a push yeah this is really cutting edge stuff oh I know um, right <laughs> <laughs> okay good so one last question for you uh, where do you hope that you are or are not going on this fictional gig with your backpack and Julie Walters? I know exactly where that would be. It would be near, it's a place called Senan, near Land's End, where there's a really small, beautiful beach that I know, and it would be down there. And I'd invite a whole group of parents and their kids, and we'd all camp, and we'd uh, it'd be a no-phone zone. Yeah, with loads of music and lots of um, foraging as well, and barbecues on the beach. Well, Joe Jones, thank you very much for being our guest. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Um, and also, I realise I really miss you. We need to do this more often, right? Something different from this. Maybe just drinking. <laughs> Maybe just drinking. <laughs> yeah. Pretending to our families that, yeah, kids, no, no, you just have to sit and watch YouTube a bit longer because I'm talking. Yeah. I'm on a bit very important business call. How are the clammy palms going now, Joe? You know what? They're still a little bit there. I'm, I'm going to own it. I'm perspiring as well, too. It's all good and um it's just a joy to be in your company thanks for inviting me oh and yours as well thank you so if people want to know more joe where do they go yeah listen barefoot coaching is where you need to head to we've got a website we're on all the socials we're on linkedin um if anyone wants to email directly you can it's info at barefootcoaching.co.uk 
Brilliant. Thank you very much, Joe. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Coach's Backpack. If you'd like extra goodies such as free tools, offers, further info about our guests, and maybe even the odd peek inside their actual backpack, then sign up to our mailing list at thecoachesbackpack.com. And don't forget to follow the podcast too. See you next time.